Welcome to Expat Views on ABR Eva, a podcast about simplifying the traditional African method of settling disputes or the appropriate dispute resolution ADR in a bid to attract more users to settle their disputes or conflicts with mediation, arbitration, collaborative law, restorative justice, negotiation, conciliation, and of course, early neutral evaluation. My name is Chinwe Ebony, a postdoctoral fellow at the University of Brighton, United Kingdom, and the fellow of the American Bar Association section of dispute resolution. I am delighted to welcome Amber Williams to the EVA show. She is currently the Chief Executive Officer of Resolution Institute, the largest dispute resolution membership organization across Australia and New Zealand. Amber was the CEO of the New South Wales Law Enforcement Conduct Commission and Chief Human Resources Officer for the New South Wales Department of Justice. She wears many hats, so I've left the links to her profile below. Welcome to the show, Amber. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, it's such an honor um, for you to um, grace the show. Thank you so very much. So without further ado, um, the first question is, um, what led to the birth of the Resolution Institute? That's a good question. We have um, two main predecessor bodies. So one which was IAMA, so the Institute of Arbitrators and Mediators Australia, and that was actually established back in 1975 and the other is an organisation called LEADER, which stood for Lawyers Engaged in Alternative Dispute Resolution. And that was created in 1989. So they merged to become Resolution Institute. And really the reason why they bo both were created was to help um, our community to develop ways to better manage costly conflicts um, and also to really lobby for the use of mediation and arbitration within the, the legal system. So um, a strong need for kind of creating what was alternative back in those days, now not so much. Okay. Um, so how far has it enhanced access to justice in Australia? How far has ADR enhanced access to justice? Look, I think for... Um, ADR in Australia, we have come such a long way. We have, looking back in the 1980s, it was very um, new and, and really unknown okay. type of dispute resolution. But now we have, it's it's such a mainstream um, way of, of resolving disputes. So we have many court annexed type programs where courts mandate mediation before it gets to a judge, um, particularly in family mediation and, and some civil and commercial matters. Um, and we've recently had um, some court jurisdictions really promoting the use of arbitration to reduce the, the court load, um, which is really positive steps, I think, in, in Australia and, and what we can do here. So it has come a huge way. Um, we don't call it ADR anymore here, or we call it appropriate dispute resolution like you yeah. do, um, yeah. but it's not alternative anymore. It is definitely um, a main mainstream practice here. Oh, okay. So um, what were the major obstacles and challenges faced um, at the inception of um, the um, institute? 
was the fact that it was just really um for i guess with arbitration in the construction world when you look at IAMA and its roots back in 1975 mm-hmm. it was really in the building and construction industry so they really wanted to um reduce costs of disputes and really that was um I guess the main driver for IAMA um as that kind of became more in practice I think the obstacles that we faced are really just about the unknown of um, ADR and the unknown of mediation and arbitration and really what was the benefits of those when they were not seen to be tried and tested and lawyers were so embedded in the practice of going to court. Um, It was the done thing and, and there was no other way that was really accepted here. Um, those obstacles don't necessarily um, exist now. It's really the education, I think, in the um, the law degrees and, and the younger, I guess, future generations of lawyers coming through um, and being willing to advocate for uh, mediation or arbitration, conciliation, whatever it might be, with their clients rather than pushing them to go to court. So that's, I think, the, the future of, of where we need to go. Oh, okay, thank you so very much. So in recent years, um, what um, are your assessments of its use um, accessibility to the public as well? Look, that's... I think over the COVID times, the accessibility to the public um, has really grown here in Australia. Um, When we first started going into various lockdowns, Mm -hmm. different jurisdictions in Australia, particularly in small business, um, really turned to mediation in -hmm. particular to help resolve um, tenancy disputes, small business disputes, leasing disputes that came out of COVID. Um, And government was really pushing um, people down that pathway, which was brilliant. So it's become so much more um, front of mind now. And I think that's really brilliant, especially in other areas like family where Mm -hmm. it's so so being historically so litigious um, and being kind of mandated, that accessibility, people have no choice now. They need to go through that mediation process before before getting to the courtroom. So um, those barriers and obstacles we, we don't see necessarily. It's just really um, continuing that education. Okay. So how would you assess the patronage of um, um, the Resolution Institute? Um, Look, for us, and I, I think you mean patronage by um, people coming to us to... Yeah. Yes, yeah. Ex- yeah. excellent. So we have people that come to us for various reasons. So um, firstly, to get trained and accredited as dispute resolution practitioners. So for us, that looks like mediation, restorative justice practitioners, arbitration, expert determination, um conciliation um just to name some of what we do so Mm -hmm. people come to us um because of our history in those areas to get trained and accredited to practice in that um people also come to us when they are looking for uh, a neutral dispute resolver so if they're in a dispute a commercial dispute 
um, and they can't agree on a mediator or an arbitrator, they will um, they can call Resolution Institute to appoint someone um, okay. under either our rules or under their contractual rules. Um, and people come to us um, as, I guess, members to get that support as practitioners in and really supporting them through their career, whether it's professional development, um, for people who want to know more about dispute resolution and really just want to be engaged and build those networks. So we have a really diverse um, group of people who are involved in Resolution Institute, and, and I think that's that's really our biggest strength. I think I'm going to come to the um, diversification of Resolution Institute, but I want to ask about looking at the Australia um, Bar Association, what are the notable achievements of the intervention of um, the Resolution Institute? Look, I think with the Australian Bar, Associ Australian Bar Association and Resolution Institute um, operate in very separate um, areas. So the Bar mm -hmm. Association very much with, um, I guess, the barrister fraternity here in Australia. Mm -hmm. um, but they do have an ADR section and, and that is really um, um, forward thinking as well. So we have a lot in common with, with that group, mm -hmm. um, working to, I guess, the same um, outcomes, um, the ABA and, and both Resolution Institute and the Bar Association very much focused on international mediation and how our both of our members can um, really promote Australia as, as somewhere where you can have, a, whether it's a mediation or an arbitration, as, as a really safe place and, and a safe pair of hands. So things like the Singapore Convention for Mediation, um, both, both groups have been lobbying for um, Australia to sign that convention, and, and we recently did, um, and now looking at how we can then put that into place and ratify that convention. Hmm. Okay, thank you. So looking at the diversification of the Resolution Institute in recent years, um, that's the introduction of the uh, mentors and mentees. Um, what necessitated this and um, what's um, its advantages so far? Yeah, we introduced the, the mentor program as a way to help um, new practitioners um, understand their obligation and give them a safe um, person to to without breaking confidentiality but to help guide them through what can be a really isolating profession and for us it's really important to look at how do we get younger and, and newer practitioners and mm -hmm. I don't mean young as in 18 year olds coming mm -hmm. straight out of uni I mean yeah. younger than people because obviously mediation and arbitration are commonly second third and fourth careers now so we want to get people involved earlier um, even if they're not practicing but just be engaged in the whole um, process of dispute resolution so that was one avenue of doing that with a real goal to to get those younger generations involved so that when they do practice they've got that network already built they've got that support system in place and we see that as the feedback we've got from that has been really fa fantastic um and that supplements their own professional supervision um processes as well so 
we really wanted to engage those younger members um, and we've done a really good job at getting that up and running. And next step is to, to start expanding that and getting more people involved. Okay, thank you. And so um, what recommendations um, do you think you could um, give to improve on the use and services of um, Resolution Institute? I think in the future, sorry. In the future. Yeah. Yeah. No, good question. Um, I think You've it done is... a good job so far. <laughs> I think you guys have done a good job so far. Oh, thank you. Look, I think it's how do we continue to support our members in what is a really fast changing environment now. So the landscape of that we're working here in Australia um, is constantly changing. And for dispute resolvers, that means that they do need to be supported in that changing environment, how to respond to that. And, and that's where I think Resolution Institute can really start to kind of play a role moving forward. So who are the, the future members of Resolution Institute? How can we bring them into um, the broader community? And I think for us, that can can be many things. So we sit across Australia and New Zealand. Um, how do we bring other international professionals into our community so that they can benefit from what the Australian and New Zealanders do? And we can benefit from um, practices and cases and matters that you can learn from, but share that back with us. So I think there's there's real opportunities there um, for sharing of knowledge and information that I think is is a recommendation that I would definitely make um, if if I was to have that opportunity in that kind of environment. Um, but also really continuing to drive the diversity of members. Um, so. I don't know if you've got this problem in the UK, but here in Australia, um, there are very small numbers of female arbitrators and females mm. involved in commercial dispute resolution and mediation. Yeah. So we are looking at ways at how do we improve that and how do we increase um, the female participation in those areas? So some of the things that we're, that we're working on now. Okay, thank you. So how safe? Um, and confidential are practitioners that are um, with the um, institute. Sorry, what was that? Uh, how safe and confidential are the data um, practitioners that are with the institute? Yes, um, that's that's always front of people's mind right now, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. Um, look, that we have just gone through a whole new database uh, and system upgrade. Yeah. Um, to make sure that the information that we hold meets the highest levels of um, data security practices so that our data is safe. Um, so it's the the information and the confidentiality of um, disputes that we have on, on file, um, parties' information, our members' information. Um, we're continually making sure that we're putting um, things in place to make sure that we stay up to date and um, it's as confidential as it possibly can be. Um, okay. So we're walking the talk because it's really important right now. Yeah. Um, there's so many hacking situations and and people inadvertently making mistakes and sharing information. So that's something that's always front of mind um, for both Resolution Institute and our practitioners. Yeah. 
Laura, thank you so very much. So, Claire, to what extent are employees or workers aware um, of area options regarding disputes or conflict at the workplace? That's a growing um, area here in Australia. Yeah. Um, it's So I come from an HR background and an employee or industrial relations and disputes from, from that perspective. So it's interesting to see over time going from um, the, the normal focus to go to an investigation, mm -hmm. then to a tribunal for um, mm -hmm. a decision. Whereas I see over recent years, there has been an increased use of mediation to deal with things like bullying, harassment, um, discrimination. And I think that's really positive because that way, um, if people are going to continue to work together, it's being able to restore those relationships in the workplace and deal with them in a way that doesn't have the adverse consequences that um, an adversarial process has is really important and imperative in all workplaces, I believe. So I'm a personal advocate for that. I lobby very strongly to my HR and, and IR networks so that they do really look at um, mediation and restorative justice practices as a way to resolve disputes in the workplace. Um, and I hope that will continue to grow here because it's really, really important. And the, the benefits are... Um, so strong compared to to going to a um, a tribunal and having everything just taken out of your control. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so very much. Um. So in terms of um, what categories of um people can join um the institute? Um. Anybody can join Resolution Institute. So oh. we have different ca uh, categories of membership. So we have student memberships, which are for people who are studying full time at university, um, particularly in either law or, or psychology and, and do want to bring um, dispute resolution into their mind really early on. Yeah. We have an associate membership. That is for people who aren't practicing in dispute resolution but have an interest in it. So they may be um, practicing as a, a lawyer or a barrister but really want to keep on top of what's happening in the dispute resolution area, um, but they don't have an accreditation. And then we have our professional membership, which is for those people who are an accredited um, dispute resolver, whether it's a mediator, an arbitrator, conciliator, etc. Um, and our fellows who are people who have been practising and are the leaders in their field. So they've been involved in dispute resolution for, for many years and, and provide that mentor role and, and giving back to, to the community that have supported them in their careers. Oh, okay, thank you so very much. So the final question is, um, what is your advice for the mass advocacy of ADR? What's my advice? Um, I think for me, if people are going to practice and be involved in ADR in any shape or form, those relationships and connections that you can form are really important, whether they're formal within a court jurisdiction or in your own organisation or informal by joining an organisation in your own country or internationally. I think that's um, the advice I would 
give people to who are involved in ADR to really find those connections that will support them both formally in their career or informally as they need it and go and progress through um, their their involvement. So I think for me, it's, yeah, make sure that you get involved and, and stay engaged with others who are like-minded and, and together that strength will continue to drive ADR into the right directions. Oh, thank you so very much for this um, masterclass. I appreciate your um, insights, perspectives, and um, the learning you shared with us um, today. And I believe that potential users would opt, um, embrace all you have stated hearing and opt for ADR whenever the need arises. And of course, um, ADR practitioners um, would embrace all you've stated. Um, they know their data are safe. And of course, we, we need, because I'm also a member of the Resolution Institute, yes. and we need more people to um um come join us um become a mentor or um blog as well because at the yes. moment uh, i love your blog it's oh, fantastic thank you very much and thank you so much um amber sorry for you know encouraging um, um members you know to um explore and you know blog about adr or you know and get involved you know um I truly appreciate that. And I, I would also urge um, other people who are yet to join, you know, to join the um, Resolution Institute. Um, as Amber has stated, all the benefits um, um, that, um, that you can um, 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 take on board with you when you join. Um, so yeah, come, come and join us. Thank you so very much, Amber. I'm so very grateful um, for you um, coming on the show and stating all this here. Thank you so much. It's been no an absolute pleasure. All right, Chess. Thank you very much. Bye.